You're listening to The Main Course, where food is serious business. Listen along for insights, strategies, forecasts, and thought leadership from the front lines of food with your host, Barbara Castiglia. Welcome to The Main Course. I'm Barbara Castiglia of Modern Restaurant Management. Today we're going to talk about barbecue and we're going to talk to someone from Sunny's Barbecue, which is one of the fastest growing Southern hospitality barbecue. And we'll talk a little bit about that. So my guest is Joe Tenzar, who is the chief strategy officer. So welcome, Joe. You'll first tell me a little bit about the background of Sunny's and what kind of barbecue you guys specialize in. Absolutely. Hi, Barbara, by the way. Thank you for having me. Um, so Sunny's has been around since 1968. So we've been around for a long time. And, uh, you know, it, it's sometimes it's difficult to come into a restaurant that's 50 years old or, or beyond and, you know, try to think about how we can make it relevant and and interesting and fun and all those those great things. And, you know, it, it Sunny's itself is a basically pitmaster cooked barbecue and southern barbecue, like you said. Uh, we're about 100 stores, uh, mostly in the southeast. Uh, one of the, like I said, one of the largest barbecue restaurants in the country, um, founded in 68 by a gentleman named Sonny Tillman, who was a pitmaster. Uh, and really, our goal is, uh, you know, to, to spread the spirit of barbecue and kindness and great food. So tell me a little bit about what's on the menu. Um, you know, if I if I pulled up your your website and I you know took a look at all the things, all the dishes, what's available? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. We we focus heavily on pork. Um, you know, and that's that's sort of a, a southern barbecue staple. Pork. We also do briskets and um, you know, uh, there's turkeys, there's chicken. Uh, we 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 you know we'll smoke a lot of different types of meat, but it, it's all smoked every day and. Uh, but it's, it's, you know, super flavor. And, and like I said, it's pitmaster cooked. So um, we're not cooking food out of a bag. Uh, the, these the, these meats are cooked um, specifically by people who know what the heck they're doing. That's <laughs> great. So what's your role with the company and how long have you been with them? I uh, started as a chief information officer, so CIO, back in 2014 uh, after serving six or seven years in the same role at Hard Rock. Um, you know, I've, uh, I've, I've worn many hats at Sunny's over the years. Uh, I've, you know, as in, in addition to CIO, I've uh, led marketing for a little bit, finance and accounting, um, purchasing. So, um, you know, did a lot there. And uh, now as, as chief strategy officer, I'm really responsible for, you know, visioning and, and the planning and making sure that, um, you know, with, with our eyes set on the future of restaurants, uh, on the industry, uh, how Sunny's fits there and, and how we can make sure that we take full advantage of where restaurants, we think restaurants are going. So let's talk a little bit about where the business was and then COVID. So where were things and then what were the biggest kind of pivots that you had to make? Well, it's interesting. You know, we were, you know, for the past, you know, four, five, six years, maybe, and we, we went through a major rebrand of who we were and, and um, you know, what we wanted to be. And um, so we were, we were really on a nice upward trend um, from a sales and traffic standpoint. And, um, you know, things were looking great. And then, you know, bam, uh, you know, early March hits. And, and like everyone else, we're, we're just sort of said, okay, what now? Um, you know, I think the, the biggest impact, um, you know, dining rooms closed and, you know, and some of that was mandated and, and we were actually a little bit ahead of that game. And we said, you know what, for the safety of our staff and for, and for the public, um, you know, before it was mandated, we, we chose to close our dining rooms. Um, and we did that because, you know, we, we want to stand for kindness and we want to stand for, you know, making sure that people feel comfortable uh, in our restaurants. So 
we were in a, a good position to be able to, you know, to spend more of our resources and, and our attention on the off-premises dining. So we, um, you know, we enhanced our ability to, um, you know, for our online ordering, and we, we've had that already, but we, we introduced curbside, which was new to us. Um, so that was certainly one of the biggest pivots we did. And, um, you know, it, it was, we had, uh, you know, Olo as, a, as our uh, online ordering processor. And, and um, you know, we just never turned that on because we didn't know people would want it. And boy, it, it's been crazy. You know, 80% of our online orders now come from curbside. <laughs> so, uh, so it was something that we determined uh, there's an appetite for, for sure. Uh, you know, we went from, uh, you know, 60% uh, on-premises dining and 40% off-premises to reverse. So now we're we're holding steady, even though dining rooms are open to, to some capacity. Um, we're at a 40-60 the other way now. So we're serving most of our guests uh, on the off-premises side of the world. Um, you know, guest, guest premises, the, the, the guest behavior has changed, right? And, um, you know, and we'll talk a little bit more maybe, uh, you know, on, on what the future might be, but... Um, you know, the nice thing was we were able to pivot pretty quickly um, just because of some of the, uh, you know, not necessarily technology, but certainly the way we've, um, you know, we put things together uh, operationally uh, from a people standpoint and and then, of course, uh, from an information and, and technology standpoint. Now, did that involve any menu changes, um, you know, to make it easier for the staff to kind of implement more of an off-premise, um, you know, uh, take on things? Yeah, you know, we've got some pretty nice tools in place. You know, we, we you know, I consider Sunny's, um, at least from my perspective, uh, as a, you know, information company, right? So we we are in, we, we need to really understand um, how people are enjoying our products and, and um, you know, and making sure that uh, we understand what they're buying and what they have a preference for buying. So we've had some, we have really good analytical systems in place to understand how, you know, when we introduce a new menu item, for example, how that, uh, you know, how that's perceived by the by the guests. Um, in this case, we realized pretty quickly that, um, you know, this may be, you know, the people are dining differently now. We introduced some new family meals, certainly some some bigger portion meals and made value meals out of those um, had had great success for the for for those products because, you know, people were looking to feed their families uh, after work, and sometimes they didn't want to go into a grocery store, so they can pick it up through the drive-through or or uh, on the curbside or something like that. So, so yeah, we definitely um, added some some menu items that we didn't have before. You know, in more of the family bundle side, and and in some cases we simplified our menu a bit um, to make it easier to operate. But uh, for the most part, our, our menu, our, our general menu, stayed uh, stayed about the same as it was, but we just added those new products and. Did it involve any kind of retraining or reallocation of your staff resources to kind of make that flip from, you know, the percentage flip from off-prem, from on-premise to off-premise? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, tipped servers were now uh, becoming curbside agents and, um, you know, and, and making sure that, uh, you know, people knew that they, you know, had to wait outside or they had to be six feet apart or, you know, all of those things that were associated with the with the pandemic. And um, so, yeah, there was definitely a pivot in the way we we utilize folks. But, uh, you know, what we also realized is this is something that we're going to have to consider for the future even more. So, you know, we're looking at different hybrid approaches to how we staff. And, you know, certainly, um, you know, we never thought we'd have to you know, control dining room volume. So now there's, you know, there's a big uh, 
host uh, or hostess that uh, requirement that wasn't necessary before for at least to this level you know we've you know in order to uh, you know we could certainly say hey uh, how many in your party can we take you to your seat but now it's um, yeah I'm sorry let me make sure that table's clean for you or um, yeah we can only allow so many people in here uh, let me text you when your table's ready so those things are now you know quite different so can you talk a little bit more about other kind of safety protocols that you put in place? Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, typically you know, restaurants are all going through you know, heavy sanitation, you know, the staff screenings to make sure that no one's got a fever and, you know, a, a lot, a lot of, um, you know, HR regulations and things like that. But, you know, like I said, the, the controlling the dining room volumes was, was a, a big thing for us. And uh, we implemented a product called Wisely. Uh, it's a waitlist product and um, really with the intention of making sure that guests feel safe. So they didn't have to wait in line. Uh, outside the door and make sure they were six feet apart. We could, you know, we can collect their number and just text them when their table's ready. Um, and what that turns into, and and what we're we're expanding on that is, uh, you know, now we're we're able to get a little bit more information about our our guests and understand how they're, um, you know, how they're moving around, uh, what they're buying, uh, when they come to the store, and now we can we can really make sure they can become you, you get a little bit more personalized experience. And um, so that's kind of a side benefit of introducing the product like that. So you mentioned Olo wisely, you know, your your tech partnerships and how how much you're, uh, you know, working with these and how useful these tools are. So um, uh, can you discuss what kind of role you feel technology has played in helping Sunnies through the pandemic? Sure. Yeah. I mean, and it really goes back to when I started here. Um, you know, it, it was a unique experience for me to, you know, I came from a global brand um, to a regional brand. And, um, and a lot of people asked why that happened. You know, to me, it was really exciting to be able to you know, take a really well-established restaurant um, that wants to really focus on making sure that they, you know, are, are successful in the next 50 years. And uh, so it was a greenfield opportunity for me to say, okay, if we were to start a restaurant today, uh, what would we do? How would we build this? So it really was based on, you know, information and, and what we do with that information and how, how that information moves from one place to another so we can make better decisions. So we started back in 2014, you're looking at a, a cloud-based point of sale. We, we went with Brink back then when it was um, it was probably very early in, in certainly in their full service um, segment, but um, you know we we took a chance and we we that's really helped us over the years. We we then added some things like uh, marketing vitals, which is which uh, is a kind of an analytics product that that gives us these actionable insights so we can understand guest preferences at a macro level. Um, we did things with SiteZeus, which is a uh, you know a site selection product which is based on machine learning. Uh, but all around data analytics really played a, a huge part. You know, we've got we've got two folks that are that are you know dedicated to uh, to to making sure that we understand the information that we're getting and, and make use use of it. And we're not a total totally uh, objective company. I mean, we don't depend completely on on data, but it's certainly important. And you know, we we spend a great deal of time with with qualifying um, you know the data as well with with interviewing folks and doing guest surveys and actually calling our guests to see how we're doing. So so we have a nice blend of of understanding what our guests want through through you know uh, objective and subjective means. Um, but I think the biggest um, you know technology that we put in place was was Olo, and you know that's probably you know as a you know an ancillary product to the point of sale, which is super important. Um, Olo is a company uh, they're out of New York City, and they're probably you know the largest 
online ordering company that's out there. We we uh, started with Olo, I think, in 2019, 2018, I think. Um, so we, we've been on board, but that allowed us to do more with, um, you know, the, the opening up new channels, you know, the curbside um, to aggregating our third party delivery partners. Um, so it all went into the point of sales that having 15 tablets on your on your counter. Um, you know, it delivery it opened up delivery for us, whether that be, you know, the third party marketplace delivery or delivery within our four walls that, you know, it's basically our guest comes to our website and then we deliver through a third party. Um, so, so really gave us some new channel opportunities for sure. Uh, now we're working, you know, again, I told you about, uh, wisely and how that was our host stand application. And now, you know, we're adding more elements of wisely to, to increase our, our customer relationships, um, the management. So, the, so understanding, you know, uh, making sure we understand our guests preferences, what they, what they want. And, you know, uh, when they come in to, you know, if they like sweet tea, maybe we want to you know, make sure we have a sweet tea on the table. I mean, we will make those decisions based on the information we have, but the, the fact is we, we may want to do things like that. Um, and wisely gives us the, you know, the guest preferences like, like marketing vitals did at the macro level wisely does at the micro level. So now we can, we can almost talk one-on-one -on -one to our guests and make sure they're getting you know, promotions and coupons that are relevant to them instead of just this blast out there that, you know, may or may not be relevant to them. Um, we don't do tech for tech sake. Um, we're really intentional about it. And, um, but you know, we've got some, some filters we run it through, run everything through. And, and first one is that is agility. And we want to make sure that you know, everything we do can connect to whatever's coming next because we don't know what's coming next. So this is the perfect, you know, the perfect case study for, you know, why you want open APIs in your technology, which is, you know, I'm getting too technical here, but the fact is you want, you want a technology that's completely, uh, has the, has the ability to, to just do what you wanted to do without barriers and, and boundaries. And so it has ways to connect in and out of it without going, you know, jumping through a bunch of hoops. Um, and that's super important when you want to pivot to, because we don't know what the next third party delivery is. We don't know what the next, um, you know, curbside or whatever, we, but we're, we're hopefully going to be ready for that. So one of the things about data is you can be overwhelming. You know, you can, you can get so much. Um, so how do you kind of, wind your way through all of the data to, to find what is important to the brand? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I mean, I think there's, there, there, are, there are components, of there, they're kind of silos of data. And, you know, you want a, a complete picture of the multiple silos. I mean, there's guest behavior, there's sales, there's traffic, there's, um, you know, there's, there's demographic psychographics. There's a, you're right, there's a billion data elements. Um, you don't want data because there's, you know, it's the you know, paralysis by analysis, you know, the nomenclature that we've used before. But, um, you know, what we do is look for how what we want to achieve. So we're objective based. So how what do we want to achieve, um, whether that be how a guest feels, whether that be, um, you know, uh, introducing so many products, new products. Uh, whether that be making entering a new channel or market that we hadn't been before, uh, and then we understand you know any data elements that are associated with those decisions, um, you know create sort of a trend or a picture. Uh, sometimes we'll we even use machine learning to say okay what are what are we missing here just because something's you know there's there's correlation here between these two things doesn't necessarily mean that one causes the other right so there's there's a there's a saying that you do causation and correlation are two very, very different things. Um, you know, we, we have people that run the same reports all the time, and we have other people that actually go in there and say, 
what are we missing? Let's go, go uh, let, we have this information, let's go uh, either run a, you know, a machine learning algorithm or something along that to see if there's anything that might get us to this point a little faster or make, uh, uh, make sure that we understand um, if this is successful or not or those things. Um, so yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it's we if we had if we had to analyze every piece of data all the time, um, we would need 40, 50 people probably uh, at our size. Um, we have two and uh, that are dedicated specifically to to data analysis. And um, I think for a restaurant company our size, that's actually pretty good. But I I'm absolutely sure that what we get out of um, those two folks and that we get out of the data that we have is. Um, is super beneficial to Sunny's and and probably you know because I have some exposure to uh, a lot of other restaurant brands. Um, it's it's above and beyond a lot of the things that I've seen. I you know I like the example that you gave about you know having the sweet tea on the table because that's you know actionable data that you're taking the data that you're getting and and seeing how it it really works for the brand and creating that personalization. Um, so in what other ways does the brand kind of try to build, um, you know, build that loyalty and how is that more challenging now that you're doing, doing it more on off premise and contactless? Well, I mean, there's, I always segment dining into two categories and, and the people say use different words, but it's basically it's experiential and it's transactional. Um, experiential dining has gone, you know, it's it's gone through a loop the last year, obviously, with a whole bunch of um, you know dining rooms dining rooms closed and things like that. It's very difficult to to deliver an experience. So the next challenge, and a lot of restaurants are working on this diligently, and so are we, is how do we give that experience of Sunny's that you know that backyard barbecue Southern hospitality feeling. Uh, through transactional methods, you know, through curbside and through drive-through and through these other methods. I mean, so it's it's understanding what that customer journey is um, first, and then understanding. Okay, now um, you know we we want to segment or you want to um, distance ourselves from what we've considered transactional dining and and really kind of pivot it and say we're going to make that experiential dining as well. So we're really spending 2021 listening to our guests and, and understanding how we deliver things today to see if there are ways that we can improve how we deliver that experience through these new channels. So you're doing more surveys and, you know, more reaching out to the guests, um, you know, after to, to see what their off-premise experience was like? Absolutely. Yeah, we, we're, you know, obviously I, I talked about the the objective data that we get. So we get, um, you know, a lot of you know, understanding the behavior of guests just through the transactions. But uh, we also obviously have service survey mechanisms. So we, you know, we do the typical you know, uh, net promoter score and, and um, you know, to make sure that you know, the, the rating scales to make sure that, uh, you know, generally in the social channels and things that we're, we're performing at a high level. But we're out now. We've got um, you know four people that are on the road right now that are actually talking with guests as they as they come out the door. Uh, we've got people that are calling guests after just randomly after a transaction and say, you know what, you don't know me, <laughs> but uh, I I you know I know you've uh, you you've submitted a, a survey to us or uh, I you know you've ordered something through through Olo and we just wanted to understand what your experience was like. So we're we're reaching out personally to a lot of people right now. Uh, just to make sure, like you said, that we're delivering an experience that they, you know, they may 
maybe we're, we, maybe we're getting it all wrong. We want to make sure we know that, but we're, we're not trying to introduce a lot of new things in 2021. We made a decision strategically uh, late last year that, you know, we're not, this year is not about introducing new stuff. It's, it's doing things that we do now excellently and reducing friction and just listening and understanding to make sure we're on the right path. One of the, the more recent initiatives that kind of falls into that um, is the Cue the Kindness plant platform and bringing on a, a new role of a chief kindness officer. Um, so can you just, you know, briefly describe, you know, what the, you know, what that is and, and what that kind of brings to the brand? Yeah, we, uh, you know, I, I said it probably a couple of times that um, we, we really stand for kindness, right? We, we want to make sure that people feel welcome, uh, that they belong in Sunny's. And that's really a, a pivotal platform for us. And we started the Cue to Kindness campaign a couple of years ago. And, you know, with the intention to make sure you know, it's, it's the whole share, you know, share a smile, you know, pay it forward. It's, it's you know, there's a lot of different, different uh, renditions of this, but you know, ours is is more about kindness and it's just sharing that, you know, these random acts of barbecue that we call instead of random acts of kindness to where you recognize people that that don't usually get recognized or you um, you, you take care of your community better than you had before or things like that. And we felt that the, the CKO role, this chief kindness officer role, we, you know, we, we just needed this ambassador that embodied this kindness uh, and that, that could help us, you know, spread that spirit of barbecue. So he's, um, he's, we had uh, Ken and Atkinson is doing that right now. And he is, he definitely embodies that. <laughs> he's, he's wonderful. So you talked a little bit about, um, you know, Sunny's plans for 2021. Um, but in terms of growth plans, um, you know, where, uh, where does the brand, you know, see things growing in the future? Um, you know, beyond 2021, um, you know, kind of what path are they on now? Sure, sure. Um, yeah, 2021, yeah, we, we, 2021 specifically, we, we kind of want to help guests navigate this, what they're, you know, the new normal. And I kind of hate that because it's overused, but, um, you know, guests, guests are still going to have safety concerns and, um, you know, feel new family meals are going to be important still. And, you know, people are, have the monotony of being trapped at home. And, you know, again, we want to reduce the friction and, and listen and all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, it's we're absolutely welcoming guests back. We're absolutely growing. Um, I, we we plan on we have ten. I'm sorry, five stores opening in 2021. Uh, we've, we're going to have a controlled growth beyond that. I mean, part of my new role um, and and being a chief strategy officer is, is sort of a new thing to to Sunny's. Uh, my new role is is to try to understand the mo- or or help model what the future of Sunny's is going to be. And you know, because I've, I've you know, I, I spent a lot of time trying to understand what the restaurant industry is going to do. Um, you know, we're, we're creating just various models for where Sunny's might play in a couple of years. I mean, it may not be, it may, Sunny's may not look exactly like it looks today. And that's exciting. I mean, that's exciting for, um, for the leadership of Sunny's and, and certainly for me. And kind of what do you look for in, you know, like for franchising, um, either for location areas or for um, a franchise partner? Well, it, I mean, right now we've uh, we've decided to grow sort of organically for internally for the existing franchisees until we, we get make sure that we've got our, um, you know, the, the, the we've got the whole system locked down of how we're going to sell franchises. I mean, we, we certainly open to selling franchises right now. We're not concentrating on going out and, and soliciting new franchisees. Because we, again, want to do things that we do now more excellently and get it to a point where it becomes natural and then we can just explode. Um, 
so what we're looking for, I mean, regions, you know, I, I would say it's best again to grow organically around the distribution centers and things that we have today because you know we we sell a lot of a lot of proteins we sell a lot of a lot of pork and a lot of beef and a lot of turkey and a lot of chicken and um you know trying to make sure we've got relationships with uh, with vendors uh, with regard to that and we've got distribution channels that we've uh, it would be difficult if we all of a sudden opened one in alaska so i would imagine when we grow we're probably going to grow in and, the, in and around the areas that we are today, uh, and then just keep expanding outward. Now, you know, having said that, if, if you know we have a great opportunity and we figure out a way to deal with all that stuff, then we'll we can open one in Alaska. But uh, <laughs> but it's probably not where we're going to start. And in terms of 2021, you know, as uh, hopefully the pandemic is, you know, uh, lessening and more people are vaccinated, um, people will want to go back dining in. Um, so how do you welcome guests back? How do you welcome guests back? Well, um, you know, basically you want to make sure that they're, they feel comfortable, feel like they belong. Um, you know, when, when they make feel like they feel safe, um, you know, I think safety is probably going to be the number one thing that people are going to look for, at least coming out of the pandemic is, uh, you know, people's perceptions of safety have all changed and they've become more acute and, you know, I, I don't know whether or not, um, you know, buffets will survive, uh, you know, at least in the, the, the way they have in the past, because people are more cognizant of the fact that, you know, of how, how, you know, germs travel and things like that. So, I mean, it's really kind of interesting to, to, to we're, we're going to see, uh, yeah, what's going to happen, but it, it, the perception of safety is going to be huge for when people are, are, are ready to come back in droves. Um, you know, the people that are out now, uh, and I, I, you know, I think we've, we've touched on this, uh, at least in conversations before the podcast, that um, there are you know, people, are, some people are safe, are, feel safe going out now. And they, you know, and that tends to be the younger demographic. And, um, and some people just aren't ready yet. And you know, we're able to handle both. But, you know, is this is there a pent up demand for all these folks that are that want to go out and, you know, the, that have been felt like they've been trapped at home? Um, again, safety's first. Vaccine vaccination may may solve that. Um, but there's that perception of safety within the store, you know, may never go back to where it was. So um, certainly got to be there. But it, it, when we you know, with Sunny's itself, we've got to make sure that we you know, make sure that they feel like they belong, you know, just, just typically stand to our, our values of, you know, welcoming people and making sure that we spread that spirit of barbecue. So you're involved in, in another kind of venture. Um, so kind of explain what the restaurant CIOs is and, and what you and what you do there. Sure. Um, yeah. Restaurant CIOs was founded back in 2017. And, and it was me and a couple of buddies that were CIOs for some other big brands. And, um, you know, we, we saw there was this need uh, to help mid-sized restaurant companies mostly. And, um, you know, I had, I, I negotiated the deal with the owners of Sonny's at the time and um, they were, they were super, um, uh, they were great to, to allow me to do this. And um, so we started this thing where we, we did fractional CIO. So it was a CIO as a service for, for, you know, small to mid-sized restaurant companies. And, um, and that's blossomed over the years. Um, I'm, uh, you know, it's called restaurant CIOs. Uh, I am more of an advisor now. I, you know, just I advise our other five CIOs that we have, and we'll probably take on some more at some point soon. But uh, we've got five, six, counting me, I guess, uh, of this, some of the biggest restaurant brand CIOs in the world. 
Um, we do interim CIO, we do projects and assessments, help tech vendors even, but we, you know, we still do this fractional strategic leadership for, for the mid-sized restaurant companies. It's fun. So you mentioned a little bit about more of a restaurant industry outlook, talking about buffets and all, but, um, you know, in general, what, um, you know, where do you see the restaurant industry heading in 2021 and, and beyond? Yeah, 2021, as a matter of fact, I put this quote on, on LinkedIn a few days ago. Um, just to see what the what the temperature would be, um, and it was probably the, my most viewed post ever. I basically said, "It's to me, it's harder to predict five months out than five years out." And this is the first time in my career that's happened, um, just because of we you know we don't know how the vaccine vaccine's going to work. We I mean these are such uh, unprecedented times. Um, there are so many possibilities that would drastically change. Um, what people do in restaurants in 2021. You know, there's, there's, um, you know, political ramifications. There's um, financial ramifications. There's, uh, you know, the 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 safety stuff. The, whether the vaccination works or not. Um, you know, whether governments are closing restaurants or, uh, you know, whether people feel safe to go to work. I mean, there's so many things right now that are really hard. I I, I would I would much rather give you a five year projection than a five month projection <laughs> right now. Um, but I'm, but I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing what goes on. I mean, restaurants, uh, you know, things like, like our restaurants that were really, um, successful in commercial centered areas, um, are, you know, now it, what's going to happen with them? Are our restaurant, you know, hotspots now going to be residential centers? Uh, you know, those are, those are things people may never go back to work to the extent they did before. And again, all about whether or not pent up demand or, or pent up, you know, this, this, you know, I, I'm so trapped at home. I want to get out and, you know, we don't know where that's going to lead. but I do know that people have learned that people that we can work from home and we can do it quite successfully. So what that, what that, what is that going to do with commercial real estate? I mean, that's a lot of people are asking that, that sort of question, but you know, that has a trickle down effect on where restaurants are. Um, commuter friendly locations. You know, if I drove from point A to point B along that route, I had five restaurants I used to love. I'm not going to those restaurants anymore. Uh, so there's a lot of things we're going to see, but, and it's really exciting to see how these things are going to shake out and hopefully to, for the good, uh, for the, for those listening. But, um, but yeah, there's, there's so many things, you know, the remote, uh, the, the remote workforce and, and working lunches they used to have, or, you know, small caters for office building and th buildings and things definitely affected by this stuff. You got to deal with that in different ways. Now you've got to, you know, group online orders or something that get delivered to the people at the same time. If they're, you know, to get that, you know, that, that working lunch feel again, it's, it's bizarre. But, you know, I, I think there is there's going to be a there's, there's a pent up social void. There is for sure. Um, you know, and whether that turns into more people dining in, we'll see. Um, but, you know, there's definitely what we did learn that people and, and this is probably more so for people who hadn't done this before. But now people are getting comfortable with. Um, these these digital channels, you know, these this online ordering, this curbside, this, you know, this, um, you know, the delivery, third party delivery, things like that. Now, these are channels that because people now realize that they exist and that they're not that hard to use, that maybe people were frightened of before, uh, no reason that would go away. You know, so so there's the you know, we just need to understand what that balance is going to be between this experiential dine-in stuff and, and, uh, you know, transactional, the, you know, off-premises stuff, which of course, Sonny's wants to make experiential as well. But yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely going to be a fun year and, uh, hang on, put your seatbelt on. So, you know, Sonny's is so focused on Southern hospitality and, 
Um, you know, and one of the, the missions is to spread the spirit of barbecue. So how has the brand been doing that? And how do you continue to do that, you know, in what you're talking about, this kind of digital area? Well, I mean, it's it, the, the it's a, like, again, values of the company are to to promote this kindness. And so we did this, the kindness officer, we do the random acts of barbecue, um, you know, the digital channels themselves. Um, you know, I, I think what we need to do is make sure that we've we utilize those channels to give you more of that caring experience, right? To, um, you know, and, and that can be done digitally. It may or may not be as effective as other, you know, as being in person I and mean, being able to, you know, see the smile and to, and to hear the words, you know, welcome back or to, you know, to say, hey, do you want your favorite table? I mean, th those things are, you know, there are really, um, you know, they're, they're probably going to be very difficult to overcome digitally. But I think when we start collecting and understanding our guests a little bit better, so we start getting some more information about them and what they like and their preferences, then we can we can really hone in on, um, you know, giving them that experience without actually seeing them and that's so that's again the value of that information that we're, we're going to be collecting thank you so much this was great absolutely thank you barbara i appreciate being here